I'll just pray to get us started off, and I'll hand over to Simon. Father, we love you. We thank you for today. Thank you that each one of us has had different days. We've come from work, we've come from home, from uni. Lord, wherever wherever it is that we've come from, we just want to say, Lord, that we're here as a family before you. And we want to commit this evening to you. We want to say, God, have your way. Help us to communicate what we've got tonight well to the church and help us to engage and be involved in every aspect of it, Lord God, including just, yeah, finances even, Lord. So we do pray for your spirit to help us to really get ahead in gear to listen to what you've got to say to us. Bless us, be among us, Lord Jesus, and uh, yeah, be glorified this evening. In your name, God. Amen. Hello. Now, I was asked earlier if I'd prepared a special thing like I did last time. I have to, just to set expectations, <laughs> it's, a, it's a little lower key, but there is still, oh no, so you're going to have to pay even more attention to the carefully crafted animation to get fully appreciate it. So, are you ready? Yeah, that was it, that was it by the way. <laughs> All right, um, I don't want to have to say too much about this. Uh, Our church diary from January to April is out. Uh, We've got a couple of copies at the back if you haven't got your hands on a copy yet and by all uh, Facebook accounts. A couple of people may not have done so. But um, we are already on item number two on our diary, the family meeting. I I just wanted to point out a couple of things, um, particularly uh, GC leaders and those that are organising things in the community within Revelation Church. If you can make sure that you've got the kind of the corporate events in your diary so that you can work around them and encourage those that you are building with to come to as much of these events as possible. Uh, so at the end of this month, we have um, an night weekend, which we will have at the beginning, uh, sorry, the end of... January, yes. Um, We will have an Ignite weekend, which we will have at the beginning of every term, um, to pray through from Friday evening to Sunday lunchtime, uh, 40 hours of uh, praying and fasting. Uh, So please make sure you've got that. And then the other date I wanted to make sure you've got in your diaries is the 9th of March, which is going to be our seventh birthday. Yes. Uh, we, we are going to have an extended service uh, similarly to the Nations weekends. We've booked Haverstock a little bit later and we're going to have some food and some fun. Uh, we will uh, disclose more information nearer the time. Um, but if you can please make sure you've got that and allow a bit of time. We, we've got Haverstock until half past nine on the ninth, so please get that in your diaries. Um, and then probably Easter is the last thing to mention. We're going to be joining with uh, New Life on the 20th uh, up in Tufnell Park. But please make sure you've got a copy of that. If you need one, there's some copies at the back. Um, I just wanted to flag a few dates for next term uh, that are also worth getting in the diaries and talk a little bit around those. Um, As you may remember us saying from the last family meeting, uh, the first the, the term has just gone, and this term we are going to be having um, courses. We've got the foundations course, redemption course, and the marriage course. Um, and then for the summer term, we're not running those courses, but we're focusing on events that the whole church can get involved with. So I just wanted to mention these, tell you a little bit about them, so that you can look forward to them and also make sure that you are coming along. 
first of which, oh, back, uh, the Kentish Fleet Festival. So we ran, yeah, <laughs> we ran the first of these last year, um, the Sunday of which was in here where we had uh, four churches together and a barbecue outside which was attended by about 500 people from the local community. We are running this again with the same group of churches um, having an arts-based uh, weekend over June where we'll be putting on workshops in and around Kentish Town for the community to come along and then having a joint service here on the Sunday. So it's the Pentecost weekend that we are celebrating and this year the Pentecost is Sunday the 8th. So uh, from the Friday evening, the 6th, we'll have a, uh, probably a joint prayer meeting like we did last year. Saturday all day will be the arts workshop in and around Kentish Town and then Sunday um, a joint service here in probably St. Luke's, subject to agreement, but I think we're there. Uh, so that's the first thing to get in your diaries, 6th to the 8th. And we'll be looking to all of you to be involved in, as well, as much or as little as you can. But last year, we had lots of people running different workshops in pubs and the community centre um, and in, in some shops. I mean, over the course of the day on the Saturday, we had about 700 people in and out um, throughout the day from Kentish Town, which is brilliant. And it was just a wonderful opportunity to, to connect with people. So um, get thinking about ideas. We're going to be talking to you a bit more about the planning of that and inviting ideas, but uh, you can start thinking now because we, we need to get our skates on, given that it's uh, early June. Uh, next thing, which I'll be talking about a little bit later, is a, uh, the London 10K run, which we are going to be doing. Um, it's not compulsory, but... <laughs> However, it's going to be on our terms of membership. No, it will, um, it's going to be an invitation to you uh, to help us raise money on behalf of our Mercy Ministries, and I'll talk a bit more about that later. But that is Sunday the 13th of July. It's a 9.30 start in the morning, so we are able to run 10 kilometres and then come to church afterwards. <laughs> so it'll either be really awake or, <laughs> or the opposite. Um, Rev Family Holiday, we wanted to do... Hedge uh, is excited about all these things. We wanted to do a family holiday this year. We've not done one for a couple of years. Um, at the moment, we've narrowed it down to two dates, looking to go on a Friday evening through to a Sunday in July... Um, as you can see, either side of the run, wanting to avoid that, either the 4th to the 6th or the 18th to the 20th, largely going to be dictated by availability of venue, obviously trying to find somewhere that will cater for 150-odd people. We're looking to provide both uh, camping and accommodation if we can. It's not, it's not easy to kind of accommodate all of these different um, variables, but we're looking to find somewhere, um, and we'll be in touch as soon as we've got that confirmed. But if you can kind of think about keeping those two weekends free, that will be wonderful. Um, and then lastly, um, New Day, just a just note on that. There's, there's obviously quite a bit there towards the end of July and August. Um, in past, we've had numbers of people going along to New Day, and as a church last year, we had probably our biggest uh, focused effort. We had a bit of a camp and had a marquee and a load of people there. Um, because we're going to be having the family holiday this year, we've made a decision um, as, a, as a leadership team to really want to focus our efforts on the church holiday to get as many people as along to that and to make it as um, available to as many people as possible. And New Day, we're just going to look at as a, as a youth-based um, event, so anyone in the church that is either involved with or looking into youth ministry, we would absolutely get behind you and support you in going along to New Day. But as a, as a family, we're going to be looking at uh, the holiday to get as many people as along as we can. Do so. Um, there'll probably be a minority of people that might be looking at both the July and the um, first week of August. But on the whole, we want to encourage you to look at the dates for the family holiday. And those of you that are involved with youth will, will uh, probably be thinking and planning about New Day as it is. 
Any questions about dates or diaries at all? All right, I will assume that is all clear. Again, if there's, cop there's copies at the back if you need anything. And now I'm going to hand over to Rich. Welcome, Mr. Young, please. Okay, I don't have any fancy slides, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I know, it's disappointing. But um, no, I'm going to talk a little bit about finances. Um, Zaina and I are going to be at the, um, at the front at the end uh, if you want to come and ask uh, any more in-depth question. I'm going to paint a few broad brush strokes um, and then go into a few details on a couple of things. Um, but suffice to say that at our next family meeting, which will be May, we'll go into our next financial year. Um, and so when we turn into that new financial year, we'll look at the budget um, in more detail and we'll look at the breakdown and um, all of that uh, in much more detail. And then we can really get into numbers and fun stuff like that, which I know you're all eager to do. Um, but um, for now, uh, basically, uh, our income this year uh, is up, so it's projected to be um, 192000 by the end of the year. Um, which is great. That's excluding any gift aid or anything. That's just from regular giving to Revelation Church, which is fantastic um, and actually really represents uh, something of the heart amongst us uh, over the last year or two um, as we've really journeyed through what has been quite a difficult period um, financially. In line with that, we've kind of our, our, our expenses have been dropped. So this, this uh, end of year, we've projected 185,000 end of year, which is obviously below our projected income, which is fantastic and what we love to see. Um, even that is scaled back uh, from last year as well when, when it was at 189. Um, well, there's also a couple of things that's happened throughout the year. So our venue's got a much cheaper, uh, which is great, which is fantastic. So now it's, it's pretty much, well I won't say dirt cheap, but it is very cheap um, for what we use it for, which is great, um, so it's, which is fantastic. And also, um, I just want to commend uh, the Welburns, if they are here, uh, for a fantastic effort on the carol service. They came in way under budget, which was brilliant, what we love. Um, and, and I think we would all agree that it was a great time. I think we'd all agree it was a great time. <laughs> There was like one or two yays, um, but anyway, okay. Um, so on some more practicalities, as you would have noticed in the dates, um, if you could read from that far, um, on the 9th of March, we've got our uh, Rev birthday, woo, uh, which is going to be an exciting time. It's always an exciting time. Um, and a part of that exciting time, we're going to have a special offering, um, which is going to dovetail with that. Um, now, we've planned to have uh, two special offerings um, throughout the year. So this would be uh, the first one for uh, 2014, if you like, and then we'll look to have another one in the autumn term uh, later on in the term. Um, just a couple of uh, quick things. Why do we do a special offering on top of what we do? Um, why, why is it that we um, make a particular thing out of it on a Sunday? Why do we tie it into a big celebration like an international day that we had last term? Why do we tie it into our birthday? Uh, basically, it, it comes from a fundamental belief that God's blessed us to be a blessing. God's called us to bless those around us, to bless the community, to bless wider. Um, and so a part of that, so last year's offering, um, which came in at just over 3000 um, we're giving half to our housing fund, which we're saving up for as an investment as a church. Um, but we're also, we also gave, uh, looking to give half of it to um, an initiative called Pathways from Poverty um, that supports local businesses um, 
um, in rural Africa that relational mission, who we are a part of, are very much involved with. Um, and this time, the 9th of March, um, put it in your diaries, I'm going to say it a lot, um, this, this, this March we're going to be uh, giving half to the housing fund again because we believe that's a wise investment we want to prioritise that as well. Um, but also we're going to look to um, support church plants um, and things that have come out of REV internationally. So we'll look to serve those uh, wider than just in our locality. So, um, you know, I guess thinking primarily about uh, the guys in Poland, the Rileys, um, Matt in Latvia, um, and a couple of others that have gone out from us. Um, so we'll be looking to really uh, bless them. And I'd love it if we could bless them and bless them well. Um, I just want to say a couple of things um, about how I'd love us to give. Um, I, think, I think it's important that as a church we understand that first of all giving is biblical it's not just um, an add-on that we've decided to do and something that makes the world go round giving is something that flows out of our heart Um, you can read it right the way through the New Testament um, that Paul actually commends people for standing for giving finances even when they had need that's what he writes to the Philippians he says guys you really blessed me and supported me even when you were in um, tough times And, and, and I'd love us to have that attitude of generosity as a church. Um, now, when it comes to actually doing this practically, what does it mean? Um, well, I think it means having it in our mind now. So 9th of March is eight weeks away. If you wanted to make a significant contribution to that, you could begin to save up. But if you were going to do that, it would have to start now. Yeah? If you wanted to, or maybe you didn't have necessarily much resources or much means, but you wanted to do something in order to bless so that you could give, then you've got to start thinking, planning now. Um, it may be that in your twos or threes you just want to be challenging one another, provoking one another, pray for each other. You, you know, just working it through together. I'd love it if as a church we could learn to do this together. Um, so that we, when we give, it's not just one or two individuals that are really kind of out at the forefront going for it in faith, but actually as a church we're developing a culture of generosity of wanting to give and meet needs and bless people um, and and just see people done well um, by what we have. The the reality is that God gives us so that we can give away. That that travels right the way through the Old Testament into the New Testament. As God's people, that's the call on us. Um, It may be that as a gospel community you want to gather together and just say, hey, why don't we band together and why don't we think about what we can give as a community? It may, it may be quite fun to try and set some faith goals and say, okay, well, let's believe God for this amount. Let's, let's as a group that's serving wherever you are, whatever your interest is, whatever you are centered around, let's say let's, let, let's have an expression that sees others blessed and, let, and try and gather together and see there may be one or two that have particular faith in the group and it would just be great to learn and walk that journey together. Um, I, I know it's something that I'm very much trying to do is, is practice a life of generosity that is always giving, that is always giving. Because as we give, what you tend to find is God blesses you back. And it's not so that you can keep, it's so that you can continue to give. 
And the more you can be entrusted with, the more you can then give away. And the more that you can then bless others, bless those around you. And so my, I guess my prayer really for these special offerings is that they will just go from strength to strength to strength. As, as a church, we learn what it is to be generous. We learn what it is to give. Even when we find it difficult and when we don't have a lot, but actually find practical ways to, to, to maybe even set something aside and actually make a, a, a stand and actually decide, I'm going to bless people by doing this. And my final point is it's got nothing to do with the amount, but it's got everything to do with your heart. At the end of the day, the numbers don't matter. At the end of the day, it's about what it, what's the state of your heart? What's the state of your How generous is your heart? How, how much does love flow out of you to those around you? How willing are you to, to, to be the first one to contribute, to be the first one to bless, to go above and beyond and really, really put yourself out there? Um, and so we're not looking at a particular figure or anything. We're not looking for any sort of goal. It may be that's what you want to do. I know Tanika and I find, sometimes find that helpful to set little faith goals or something. Um, but if you want to do that, that's fine. If not, then, you know, just you need to check your heart. You've got to check your heart and ensure that what you're giving is given out of a place of generosity. It's given out of a place of, of joy. That ultimately it's a delight to give. It's a delight to bless and it's a delight to serve others. Steph, you want to say a few words? I had to follow that. That was uh, brilliant. Um, you probably remember last time we, we met for a family meeting, um, when we looked at the uh, money, we, we decided that rather than doing the conventional presentation, we would uh, look at uh, food bank and cap and some of the testimonies from that, some of the things. Do you remember that? Yeah, great. Uh, and uh, I thought that was brilliant and very encouraging. But I suppose I also sort of thought to myself, we were here as a church for probably, I think, about um, over three years. Maybe getting on for four years before we did anything like Cap or Food Bank. And yet during that time, our, our presence here was validated before God. Was, and what I'm, what I'm trying to communicate is that actually it would be a shame if something happened in our mind where we just began to view our activities as what makes us inherently valuable before God. To be church and to live out the kingdom together, which obviously involves, you can't just sit there, obviously it involves activity, but, but the heart of being God's people together in a community, as a community, for a community, um, goes way deeper than simply projects, that you, boxes you can typically do in projects now. And uh, what I wanted to do is just maybe ask, uh, uh, just ask a couple of people, ask a few more people, but one had to drop out the last minute, another one's got a migraine, so can't be here. So I think we've only got two left that I've, that I've asked. Um, to, I just wanted to ask them two questions. We'll get them up in a second. The questions I'm just going to ask are simply, what do you most value about church life at Rev? And uh, what one instance sticks in your mind from your time here? And really what I'm trying to, I guess, help us to do in all of this is develop a really rich understanding of the value of being here as God's people. Does that make sense? You know, if suddenly, for whatever reason, who knows, we could no longer run Food Bank or no longer do CAP. Us being here, together, loving Jesus, loving one another, loving this community, is totally valid. Are you with me? Uh, it's really, really a big deal to God. The fact that um, 
the fact that there are uh, there is a community of his people in communities around cities and nations that look to live out the gospel which sometimes manifests in organized activities uh, but at its heart it's much more about what we've just been hearing about actually heart um that's a really big deal and so i just thought it'd be great to just hear a couple of just miniature uh, testimony. So um, I think it's only Tully and Rowan that actually have managed to make it of those I've asked, unless there are any others. No. Why don't you got ladies come up? It'd be just great to hear from you. Make them feel welcome. <laughs> now obviously, Rowan, you've not been here for long, have you? No. no. Uh, so, um, Rowan, how long have you been at Rev? Uh, since September. Okay, so I'm just going to very simply, I feel like it's a baptism. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, what do you most value about church life at Revelation? Um, probably something that's stood out is that it's a, it's a place and it's a community where um, I feel we can be honest with each other, um, both leaders to the people, but also friendships. It's just a place where... Um, yeah, honesty and be be real with people. And is there one instance that particularly stands out in your mind um, that you are happy to feel comfortable sharing about? Um. Well, uh, I think the the um, I think communion actually really stands out to me um, because. I found it's a diff- in a lot of other churches it's like maybe once a month or something that's like kind of pushed to the side but the fact that it's so evident um, and just so natural to do it I think is really special for us all to kind of be aware um, yeah and just, just grow in it and, and love and pray together through it I think it's really special Brilliant, thanks very much This is great because I don't know what they're going to say so I'm, you know, I'm enjoying what they're saying too Tools how long have you been at Rev? Oh, I don't know. I think four years. Four years. Sounds about right. Uh, what do you most value about church life? In the spirit of the Golden Coast. I've got an entire sheet of paper. I've got a speech. Oh, look at you go. When did I ask you to do this? Work was a bit slow today. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so one of the things that struck me probably the first time I came to Reverend was the reason I was like, I'm sticking, was just the worship. People saw Jesus as worthy of everything beyond the music, beyond that, just their lives. And uh, I think God was like, maybe you should do some shout-outs. So I was like, I'm going to do some shout-outs. So um, people who think Jesus is worthy of more than just singing. Um, people like Matt Med, Riley's, uh, Tom and Emma O'Toole, the people who've moved out of Rev somewhere to plant churches, rocks my socks off. Um, people who've stayed in jobs that are really hard because God said stay, Laura Scott, love you. Um, those who, uh, have been really honest, um, about sin in their lives, like places where they suffered, places where, you know, parts of their lives which just been really hard. That's a massive shout-out to my redemption group. You guys were awesome. Thanks for your honesty. It was incredible. Um, people like the Torstens who spent time, money, effort to follow God's heart and adopt kids. Incredible. Um, Sali's, you know, God's called you somewhere else, but you're totally committed to being where you are right now and investing. 
That's amazing. I love that. Um, Listens, you've been through so much, been so honest with every part of the hardship and the joy and the pain and all that. And it's just amazing. It's like, if you guys can do it, we can, because we know you're real people. Um, <laughs> people like um, the Mances who you go to church, you see a stranger, and you know within five minutes they're going to talk to Dave or Jen because they get around like, I don't know, they're two people, but they manage to talk to every new person who walks in, and their home is always open, and that's wicked. Um, and then the Uttings, who didn't move away, they came here. <laughs> that's amazing. And just seeing your heart of just serving brothers and sisters you don't see you don't see serving at church as a sacrifice at all I can tell that you see it as a joy and like sometimes I feel like oh I've just done so much on Sunday I don't feel there's anything less more that the Lord really needs from me I've done my bit but no just watching you guys just continue to pour out is such an incredible just encouragement to me that this is for Jesus and he's worthy so I've missed out totally like most of you guys pretty much but just want to shout out those (laughs) bless you This is, this is going better than I thought it would. To ask what one instant sticks in your mind, I mean, I, I, that was, there was loads, wasn't there? That was amazing. I, no. That was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean... I, I can tend to be a bit last minute at times, and um, and <laughs> I did wonder if it would end up being. Uh, does anyone does anyone want to, you know, say anything? Um, praise the Lord that that, that you two uh, said yes and were willing to do that because it was just it was wonderful. Um, I'd, but I, I'm really happy to give opportunity. If anyone just feels stirred, you think, you know what? I actually, would just like to. I would just like you know before the church to just say something about church and about the community of God's people that has touched my heart and that has made a difference, then I do want to give opportunity for that, you know. Um, there's a mic here. Come and get it. An amazing family we are. Thank you, Gordon. Thank you. Um, yeah, I've been part of the family for like over six years now. Just, I guess people probably look at me and think, oh, well, I've got amazing parents and an incredible sister, and I'm like probably one of the most blessed people in the nation uh, on that front. Um, but like, I think, <laughs> alright, controversial start. Um, no, but I really what I want to say is that I think people probably look at me and think, oh, you know, he's got it all. But really, I think what you guys have just like propped me up over the years and like God's grace for you is just incredible and obviously people that I've lived with and they're like my real brothers and sisters just amazing like I, <clears throat> I just think I don't know where I'll be without you do you know what I mean like, so yeah thanks so one more shout out the moment that stands out in my memory was the first day I came and Luke Ellis came bounding up to me and it was in that break as I just sort of thought I stand up, go get a drink, what do I do etc and he came straight up to me and said hello so there was a a very warm welcome from the day I arrived, it was amazing but I just wanted to say it it, it doesn't specifically relate to Rev but the importance of church and local church I am 
I grew up as part of a youth group. Sorry, I won't, I won't be long. I won't be long. I grew, up, I grew up as part of a youth group, right, who slated the church, actually. So I grew up in this youth group. I admired all the leaders. They're all young leaders, uh, and they're all great friends, but they weren't particularly passionate about the church. So when I went off to university, I met a whole load of... Well, I got linked into a New Frontiers church down there, and they didn't really know what to do with me, because I didn't want to do their membership classes. I didn't really want to be committed to the church. I didn't really want to give any money. I wasn't really particularly passionate about the church, but I just... Yeah, I went, I went along for the ride, really. And something changed over those years, and I began to realise something of what the church is about, right? And... Um, If you look right back to the beginning, when God first calls Abraham, right through the story of the Old Testament, the story of the Bible is about the people of God, um, that God should be their God, and that they should be his people. And um, in... In the Old Testament, it talks about some of the patterns of justice that are put in place for the people of God, or that God wanted for the people of God. Things like the Jubilee year, so release of slaves, cancel, cancel of debt, return land. Like, it's incredible. And it says at the end of that, it says um, in Deuteronomy, if you, if you act like this, there will be no poor among you, right? You fast forward however many years, Jesus has died, risen from the dead, the Holy Spirit has come, there's absolute upheaval, or economic upheaval really, amongst the people of God. And it says, and there's, there's various descriptions as, as, as we all know in Acts of what the people of God were like, but it says at the end of that, fulfilment of what it says in Deuteronomy, and there were no poor among them. I think that's pretty incredible. What that speaks to me, uh, more than just... Uh, a passion for the poor and justice, is that the church is the fulfillment of what God was doing in the Old Testament and is very much a part of his plan for eternity and the future. So whatever you do outside of the church, whatever you do with your lives, the most significant thing you do is turn up to church on a Sunday. Um, the most significant people that you know are the people that you do church with. And um, yeah, I mean, when I first went off to university, I never thought I'd be standing here saying these things, but the church is the most important thing you do and body that you're a part of. There you go. Wow, I don't know how to follow that. Um, if you'd like to turn to your Bibles, we're going to... Um... <laughs> no, um, I, I was just thinking, um, his, uh, I've been here for, what, six years, pretty much since it started, and um, some of you will know uh, my sister has had a rocky ride health-wise with uh, epilepsy and seizures, and one thing that just stood out to me, um, I remember there was one time when it, things were really crazy, she was having like 30 seizures a day, and it was just a mental time, and I remember picking up the phone, kind of a, a, a lost, didn't know what to do, and I was like, Steph, bro, things are pretty hectic, um, this is the score, I think, I just appreciate some people to pray with me, and he was like, let's do it, and I was like, uh, what, what kind of, now, um, and he was like, well, I'll tell you what, there's, why don't you contact this person, this person, this person, this person, and see if they'll stand with you in prayer, and literally for the next 12 hours, what happened, I, I think I made the call at like 7 in the evening, basically, different people, I remember standing for like 2 hours with Luke and Dan in their living room, um, and then I think you came around to mine at 3.30 or 4 in the morning, and we went up onto the hill near my house um, and prayed for an hour, and it was just like the dedication to stand with uh, stand with each other in tough times and pray and seek God 
And I remember that um, it was really powerful because it was a rough ride and actually the, the prayer during that season really made a difference um, and God heard our prayers. But it was more than just answering the prayers. It's something in me, I saw something about the power of prayer but also the power of standing of one another. Um, literally, at, at, with no notice, I had like 12 hours and about six or seven people come round throughout the night and literally stand there with their hands up. I remember Luke's laughing because he remembers, I think we stood there for like half an hour with our hands, we're holding each other's hands up. Um, uh, in dedication at like two in the morning, and I think they have work the next day and all sorts. So um, it was just, yeah, uh, just the, the one anothering of, of the church is something that stood out for me. Hello. Um, we just wanted to come up and say thank you for everyone's love. We just feel, I think mean, we had a bit of a rocky um, start to our marriage. Not because of each other, <laughs> but um, yeah, just three things that happened, and we felt so loved and supported. And we were chatting just before um, we came to the meeting, and we still feel so loved and supported, even though we've come out of that season. So yeah, we're really blessed. I mean, we'll probably call this section, call it a day for this section now. But I think I'm just. The kingdom, of, the kingdom of God, which is all passionate about, needs a context, needs a time and a place. Yeah, it's, a, it's worked out in, in a concrete community. And um, I think that's really what we're just trying to say. Um, it's wonderful, the outreach that we do. It's amazing, and long may it continue. We're people on a mission. But it's actually wonderful also being the people of God, and that we love one another's massive. Amen? Amen. Amen. I don't know who's next. Um, so this morning at prayer meeting, which is 7am in the upper rooms every week, um, we were, <laughs> did I just say that out loud? Um, we were praying, we were just thanking God for um, diversity really and just the increasing breadth of people that we're seeing at Revelation Church in you know many different scales, but just really thanking God for that and it's been really exciting. And um, one of the things that we're recognising that's contributing that is the Mercy Ministries, which um, I want to talk a little bit around supporting Mercy Ministries, but first I want to just read something. Um, we agree that the Word of God is truth and that we should... We should, as, as closely as we can, adhere to the word of God. Well, Hebrews 12 says this, Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now, I know a particular race <laughs> that I would like to set before you. <laughs> On the 13th of July, <laughs> there was a 10k run um, that we, as a church, have already entered ourselves into. <laughs> In faith. Um, but before I go into too many details about that, the, the vision really was, we, we're just recognising that through CAP and Food Bank and also wanting to support um, the homeless breakfast more and more, um, we've recognised that God is really blessing it and that we're increasingly seeing more and more people come through those various doors and into church and it's giving us such an opportunity to reach many, many people who we, we normally wouldn't. And um, we really want to... I guess encourage this and support it as much as we can as a church and so we've been thinking creatively how can we uh, support um, and raise profile for the Mercy Ministries, for CAP and for Food Bank and for, and for the homeless 
um, Breakfast Club. And one way that was suggested to us by Ollie, who's got, who I have, to, I can't take the credit for this idea. It was his, so if any of you don't like running, it's his idea. Um, but what we can do is enter this race as a charity, um, and then as a um, charity receive all of the sponsorship that's raised on the behalf, and you get to dictate where that goes. So what we'd like to do is to be able to have a group of people from Rev running this 10k race um, on the 13th of July to raise money on behalf of the Mercy Ministries. Now the vision is to raise 10k through the 10k. Can you see that? <laughs> it took me ages to think of that. <laughs> but um, actually it's quite doable. I mean if you imagine if we got 20 people running the race, £500 sponsorship, I mean it, it's doable. It's not, it's not, to- it's not out, of, out of the question. Um, it would be great if we get more than 20 people. Um, just a couple of details around it. Um, there's an entry fee of £35 per person, which includes your race pack, and that is actually way, way cheaper than if you were doing it as an individual. Um, and that includes, like, chip timing and your vest and your number and all that kind of stuff, which you'll get on the day. But, um, sorry, we can't do a really, unfortunately, no. 10K, I'm assured, is not that far. <laughs> um, uh, we do need to get commitment by the end of this month to reserve our places because it's coming up. So we've already booked some places in, in anticipation and we need to pay for them by the end of this month. Um, now, to help you along, uh, Frank, who's not here just at the moment, is uh, if, uh, those of you who don't know, Frank Mayfield, who's a personal trainer, you'd know if you saw him. Um, he is going to help us along the way in getting ready for our 10K run. And um, he's going to be putting together some group training sessions for us. And his message to you um, was that 10K is not unachievable. In fact, anyone can do it. That's why he wanted to encourage you and assure you that he can get you there. Um, so um, Mayfield Fitness are going to support us <laughs> in our efforts. Um, but we would love, love it, love it if we could get a whole bunch of people. It, it's a really um, fantastic route around central London. It starts off in Piccadilly, goes around um, ac- across the Thames a couple of times, around Whitehall, Buckingham Palace. It's a really fantastic route, if not just for sightseeing. You don't have to, you know, go, do it in one go. You're allowed to take your time if you want to. But it would just be wonderful if there's a whole bunch of us doing it, running together. Um, one thing around the sponsorship, just so you can start thinking, it would be good if we if we looked outside of Rev for sponsorship. Otherwise, you can anticipate, you know, 20 or so people running around with their, with their sponsorship form. So if you can look to your own arenas, to your families, your friends, your workplaces, your uni, wherever you're at for your sponsorship, so that we're not plagued by sponsorship forms internally. Um, and... Um, We've got sign-up forms today, isn't that handy? Um, at the back of the church and at the front here. So for now, all we're really wanting is a commitment, um, and we need to gather the money in by the end of the month. But uh, it will be brilliant if we can get, you know, 20 or 30 people. It will be, be so much fun. I, for one, I'm going to do it. So, I'll, uh, But um, if you've never done anything before like this, then now is your opportunity. And, uh, yeah, come along if you've got any questions. Uh, the website for it is the, Lund- the British 10K Run. You can have a look at the route. We've got the route printed out at the back and the front as well, so you can have a look. Um, get involved. And uh, it will just be brilliant if we can raise that, that goal of £10,000. It will pay for, just so you can kind of quantify it, it will pay for a couple of days of um, an administrator, so looking to fund Sally or an additional days for Sally to be able to help support uh, the Mercy Ministries and, and grow them and, and uh, it bless a lot of people. And um, it would be great if every year we could have this kind of Mercy Ministries run. Are you excited?
Yes, yes, running is good. Right, uh, second um, uh, initiative, if that's the right word, towards helping support Mercy Ministries is um, with gospel communities and Food Bank. Um, As you have been hearing, Food Bank is growing week on week almost. Um, In the last few weeks running up to Christmas, we were getting up to 70 people coming in a two-hour slot on a Saturday morning, which is, it is very busy. Um, It's a wonderful, wonderful experience to come and serve on Food Bank, and it's a real blessing to be there and again we're seeing real fruits in in just opportunities to pray for people you would never imagine from all different faiths and backgrounds um, and and people coming you know to church and coming along to the carol service lots and lots of um, great seeds being sown Um, and we would love it if um, each gospel community in church could look to serve food bank for just one Saturday in the year Um, firstly this would really serve the um, food bank GC because as you can imagine it's growing and growing and it's becoming more and more um, of a task to manage but secondly we think it would just be wonderful if everyone in the church got to experience it just once because I can guarantee once you've done it you'll be hooked and you'd love to do it more Um, uh, me and Natalie go along and take the boys and do it as a family and we love genuinely love doing it and the boys love going and it's just it's brilliant to see it's brilliant to be part of and I think it'd be fantastic if everyone in the church over the course of the year gets the opportunity to serve on Boovank so GC leaders you know about this already what we're looking for is you to commit to a date um, just one date as a minimum you can do it more by all means um from next month onwards um just nominate a month and we'll help orchestrate that if you can just let sally know admin at revelationchurch.org.uk let us know of your preferred month or date if you have one and we'll look to kind of organize it all but um it will be a fantastic thing if if all the gospel communities could do this there's a there's 10 or 11 gcs now so that's almost a third of the year taken up with serving on the rotor which will be a real blessing to the gcs and a real blessing to the community thank you uh steph well done si okay gospel communities um are the are the jizzer the jizzer gang here i'm sure that's now you say it is it i thought i'd have a go rather than um, jizzer how'd you say it yeah come on up you come we just want to pray for you guys. Um, I was being lighthearted. Lauren, please, how do, how do you say it in the correct language? Yeah, it's Jissa. Oh, it was all right. Oh, okay, I got it right. Amazing. These guys, do you want to, I mean, those of you that are there Sunday would have uh, watched the video. Although actually the, the sound on there a bit wasn't amazing. So I don't know whether you guys want to just very briefly again, just communicate to the guys what you're up to. And then we're going to just pray blessing on you as you launch. Great. Um, yes, essentially what we're trying to do as a gospel community is just uh, love and engage with Muslims in our community. Um, so I think just talk with them about Jesus. That's essentially what we want to do. Um, so we're going to go about meeting on a Tuesday night each week. Um, it's going to be a mix of praise and prayer nights. Uh, we'll study through a book together. There'll be training and equipping. Um, we've got a few external speakers coming in in the pipeline to um, have got far, far more years experience in this kind of thing to kind of just bless and encourage us in that. Um, yeah, and we'll study through a book together as well. So, um, yeah, that's essentially what we're doing. Did you have any more? This is the leadership team. It's the dream team, isn't it? Look at them. Amazing. And um, so we just, we just want to bless you guys and sort of officially launch them tonight as they begin to gather and, and get on with the job. So um, go for it, guys. We're rooting for you. We are rooting for you. Um, I want to just, uh, please lend me your ear. 
uh, for a few minutes about gospel communities. It, it, it seems like years, well it was years ago in April 2011, that's why. Um, but uh, uh, we've come a long way since that um, vision night in the Irish Centre. Who was at the vision night in the Irish Centre? Remember that? 22 people got up and shared various visions of what they felt God had put on their heart. And then uh, we just waited to see really who would gather to those people. And from there we launched our, our gospel communities. And um, we've learned a lot on the way. Uh, and we are still learning a lot on the way. Um, we've not got it all sewn up, so we're really happy to sort of always got L plates on. Um, but the vast majority of our gospel communities are really going from strength to strength. Some really great things are happening. And um, you probably noticed over the last term, just around church on Sundays and stuff, church is growing. Uh, you can't make church grow. You can create good soil, but it's God who brings the growth. But church is growing. Uh, and increasingly, as you become big, you kind of realize we've got to become small. What I mean by that is, is the bigger that we get as a church, uh, the better we have to get a smaller community. Because the reality is, is that for many people as they arrive on a Sunday, they're not probably going to find, it's, it's not as much of a sure bet that they will find community in that setting because of the sheer size of it. Uh, and so we have to face that one. And, and so well, we're going to do what we can to create a loving, welcoming environment on a Sunday and do what we can to help those who want to get in find their way in. But we've also got to build community. Uh, and gospel communities is the, is the way that we are um, going about that. And so I just wanted to just maybe go over some, go over some stuff that you may probably already know, but just maybe clarify uh, and um, say a few other things that might be a bit fresh. Um, who knows? And then we'll do some questions. Okay, so it's not going to be long, but I wanted to just, uh, firstly, just go over again. What are the key ingredients of a gospel community? It's the up, the in, and the out. So we've always said from the start that, that it's not about structure. It's not like you've got, to, you've got to do it this way prescriptively. But these ingredients need to be in if it's going to be a gospel community. Much like if you're going to bake a cake. You know, someone might bake the same cake in slightly different ways, but you need the key ingredients. And I, 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 as elders, we're much more comfortable with a sin as ingredients rather than a very prescribed structure. I don't think that is what we're about. But the key ingredients. So firstly, up. That, that we are to be communities together that connect with God. Uh, which means prayer. And uh, I guess prayer can cover everything from intercession to praise and everything in between. I do want to say this. Gospel communities are a brilliantly, brilliantly sized environment to practice this gifts of the Holy Spirit. They really are. It's very often those kinds of settings where people really learn to begin to function and and say, oh wow, I've got something there, and then can increasingly go on and and use gifts sometimes in bigger settings. And So we do want to encourage those of you that lead or uh, those of you that are part of gospel communities to look to engage with God in a charismatic Holy Spirit way in your gospel communities. This is really, really important. Um, We don't want to become a church that's just charismatic by name, but all that really means is modern music. Charismatic has got nothing to do with the style of music. It's to do with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the reality is, is that unless you're pressing in proactively, on this one, I don't know why, but we tend to just move backwards. 
It's a funny old thing. I don't get it. Um, and so I just, just want to exhort and encourage uh, proactive um, stepping out in the gifts of the Spirit in, in our gospel communities. Where we really know I met with God. God spoke. Wow, I was facing this thing. Got some guys to pray. Wow, they had a word for me. They just unlocked the whole thing. I mean, that's the kind of church life you want, isn't it? Uh, we can root it in Scripture. We can really go for the gifts of the Spirit and we're on safe ground. Uh, so please, I want to just encourage us in that. Up has got to be in there. Next is in. Um, this is something I, I went a bit funny on for a bit and led people the wrong way uh, a year or, or so ago with the gospel community leaders. I, I think I just got in, into one about mission and just kind of started playing down the community side and it was a mistake. Um, I think in part, probably the blind spot was that I have a lot of Christian community. <laughs> it's my job. Um, I'm either around pastors or other believers or other church leaders, and I'm always having fellowship. And for me, it can be sometimes frustrating. I think, Lord, show me, I want to be connecting with people that don't know the Lord. And I probably, without even realizing, kind of put that frustration into the church. And most of you, that's the last thing you have. You, you very much feel your need for Christian community and fellowship, and it's brilliant that you do. And absolutely want to encourage that. And uh, so I said sorry to the leaders and straightened it out. But I just want to say, I absolutely value community and fellowship in, in a gospel community, is massive. It really, really is. Um, uh, there's nothing in the New Testament to make us believe that the life of discipleship is centered around a Sunday. So we gather on Sunday, but it's, we gather to, I guess, be refreshed and encouraged from Monday to Saturday. That's where we live out the discipleship life. And uh, gospel communities tend to happen in the Monday to Saturday. Uh, and, and that's where we tend to look to f- help one another on the journey. And so I just want to say, look, we, we really need to be gathering. We do need it. It's a funny thing, fellowship. It's one of those things, you know, you miss it for a little while and you don't really feel the difference. You know, no big deal. And so then you can begin to neglect it a bit. But you know what? It's a very subtly erosive thing. And suddenly things aren't the same anymore. Oh, how did I get here? You ever had that? Oh, what, what happened there? And because you didn't drop off a cliff, you didn't notice it. But you just kind of <laughs> gently rolled. And it's one of those things you just have to fight for in your life to value to value fellowship and to value time with other believers. So I really do want to encourage the inside of things. We're much more likely to work out our one another verses in the Bible in a smaller setting. You're not likely to be massively offended on a Sunday. Well, who knows, maybe sometimes. But, you know, you're not likely going to have to work out how to forgive that person on a Sunday. You probably won't be massively offended by someone on a Sunday. Um, but in a smaller setting, there are things come out in life. You know, you have to learn to bear with one another. That's how we mature. You know, it's a wonderful blessing to be around one another, but also, by God's grace, he uses us to sanctify one another. And that's, that's, that's part of God's purpose, and he knocks, knocks corners off, we knock corners off one another. And it's, it happens in, in that happens in, our, in fellowship. And I don't want to say that in a, it's not in a scary way, do you know, I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's 90% encouragement and fun, but there is an element where we, there is a sharpening that happens, and that's good. And it's not to be avoided. So, in is really important, and it needs to be part of what we are doing. And then there's out, um, that we're to be communities on mission. Um, I guess this is what marks a gospel community out from a traditional small group, cell group, house group. This is what marks it out as different, that it's got an out element to it. Whether it's workplace, we gather because we want to reach our work colleagues, we gather because we want to reach our neighbours, we gather because we want to reach our friends, we gather. 
because you want to reach prisoners and ex-prisoners or international students or a local estate or whatever. I want to answer a question. Has it changed? Has the brief changed? Because in a, in a few conversations, some people recently have thought, have things sort of changed a little bit? Is it still what it always always was? Um, well, I would say things always develop. So things, probably anything that's alive sort of morphs a little bit here and there. That's just life. So in one sense, everything that's alive changes a bit. But I would say in a, in a, on a base level, no, not at all. The goalposts have not been moved. They really haven't. Um, so we can look at um, the key ingredients of, 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 of out, we always said, was either people, passion, or place. And you can work those things out in quite a broad way or quite a narrow way. So you can sort of, so, so people, you can say, we want to reach asylum seekers and refugees. Yeah, that's quite. That's, 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 quite, uh, that's quite narrow or focused, in a sense. Um, and then those guys morphed into the village, and now they're saying we want to reach human beings. Well, it's just quite broad. You think, oh, is it, ch-? you know, well, hold on a minute, is this, is, is, what, what, are we, what are we saying, what, what are we doing here? Well, actually, what they're saying is they realised on their journey that try as they would, they struggle to really access communities of asylum seekers and refugees, but they realised on that journey that when they did socials and things, they were really good as a community at bringing together the people in their lives that didn't know Jesus. And so they said, hey, we want to do this intentionally. That is to- totally fits the brief. It completely fits. There's, no- there's nothing fundamentally different about that. It just is a bit more of a broad brief. It's not, you can't pigeonhole it quite so easily. But it's a, it's a certain people, people in our lives. And it's out. It works. And you could look at the same with passions. Some passions are very specific. There's a, there's a group here in St. Luke's. They're called Metal Life. Who? A motley crew of metal, grunge, goth, rock, rock punk, etc. Loving misfits with a passion for all things alternative, united by love for Camden. We're committed to intercessory prayer and learning about how to live a metal life in a way that's pleasing to God. That's, that's quite focused, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, it's a passion. But a passion, but we, obviously, we, we've, we've got the arts. Oh, I don't know, yeah, but we've got actors, yeah, oh, singers, old oh, people who go to Miami and paint murals, old oh, clothes designers. It's very broad, but it fits. Uh, and, and place, you know, you've got St. Pancras Way Estate, NW5, narrow broad. But it's, it works. And I guess we're just trying to help you guys just say, look, this is what it's always been. Feel the freedom to explore. Don't, don't, don't um, create for yourself something more restrictive than what, we've, than what we've said. We're really happy for them to be um, like this. And uh, do you remember, I mean, we always laugh, uh, that, that night in April when Luke Greenway got up and announced his one, his <laughs> bread of life and balsamic. It was a great moment. It was, it was, it was a rev moment, you know. And... Uh, that was quite broad. We're going to meet, uh, eat food and uh, get our friends involved. For some crazy reason, he, 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 he didn't manage to gather enough. I don't know why, but, you know, we're thinking, oh, if only I'd join that now, you know. But it's, there's, always been, there's always been a bit like that. So do, roll with it. Don't, don't make something narrower than it needs to be, is the point. Okay? So um, just want to say, as things develop, people will increasingly work out what it means to be part of the church through gospel community life. And we want that. We do not want to be a preaching centre. We don't want people to think, yeah, I'm part of Rev, I go there on a Sunday. No, it's, that's part of it, but it's I'm part of something. I'm part of the body of Christ. It's not just where I go, it's who I am. It's who I share my life with. 
Um, And again, it's, I'm not, we're not, not just, you know, I will have friends in other churches. Have friends who aren't in church. Oh, it's really important that you do, absolutely. And it's not trying to be restrictive, but we are saying actually also, but find, find community in church life. Don't, you know, I would say, this is a genuine observation, I believe one of uh, Satan's most central strategies is to keep believers away from close and real relationships with other believers. And he'll do it through sowing all kinds of nonsense in people's minds. They don't like you, they're against you, or, you know, if they really knew you, they reject you, blah, blah, blah. And what it does, it just isolates people because it's just much like in the David Attenborough programs, you know, you've got the pack of wildebeest or zebras or whatever. Who do the lions go for? Who do the lions go for? The isolated ones that are separate from the pack. Or the babies, yeah, new believers are vulnerable too. We've got to look after them. But it's, it's the isolated ones. They try and isolate one, now we can get it. That's what Satan does. It's really important that we, I'm not going to swallow that. I'm going to go for this. I'm going to open up my life. Um, and that we you say, this is, what we, this, is, this is how we're doing it as a church. There's a massive variety to it, but we do want to march in time together. And part of maturing is that we, are, we celebrate diversity, individuality, but within that, we march in time together. It's important how we demonstrate that. Just to say a quick thing on twos and threes, is that this can happen out of gospel communities. It hasn't got to be within your gospel community. It's, it's, if, it, if it happens in gospel community, brilliant. But it doesn't have to. You've got the freedom. But the important thing is you find someone you can run with. Maybe a running partner is a better word for it. I know one church uses that phrase. Oh, that's quite, I oh, like it captures it for me. A running partner. Great, let's change the name. You know, because it's like, find someone who's running at the same pace as you, and you think, yeah, we, we want to run, and, and sharpen each other on the, on, in the race. Do it. We need each other. We need each other. Um, so, that, so, yeah, go for that. And then, uh, for the questions, just a lovely little um, uh, prophetic word Luke Ellis had at the elders and deacons gathering Sunday evening. And he just had this whole idea, you know, that we're coming up to seven. And he said, imagine, imagine a human that's coming up to seven. They've still got a lot to learn. Um, and, that, you know, there will come a point in a, in a person's life where they reach a point of maturity, hopefully, where they begin to do more right than they do wrong. Um, age seven, that's not always the case. But you know what? It's fine. And the last thing you want to do is start restricting that kid because they're getting things wrong. You want to celebrate every effort at growing and learning. And I want us to just retain a spirit of adventure and a spirit of exploration and growth. Rather than, oh no, we don't want to get, yeah, we get things wrong. We learn on the way. It's what we do. It's who we are. Let's forgive each other, keep trusting, keep believing the best and move on. Um, because then we can grow into maturity together. Um, the value, the, the, the core value of gospel communities is not in the structure. That's not sacred. What is sacred are communities on mission. Because that sounds like the Great Commission, which Jesus has commanded us to do. Amen? Okay, we're really happy to answer any questions on GCs that you have. Um, in case there's any confusion, just to clear anything up. I haven't, you don't have to, you know, it's fine if you don't want to. But we just want to make sure we're serving you well and everyone's leaving with a fresh sense of, oh yeah. Uh, oh, how does the new gospel community start? Someone thinks, hey, I'd love to do this. Uh, gather some people. And it's, please let us know, it's helpful. And... Uh, we, we, can get, we can help get you moving. We love Grassroots Initiative. We love all of that. Um, but do, do it in partnership with us. Obviously, we're accountable before the Lord for the church. It's just, just do it in partnership with us. Um, but if you can gather and, you know, there's nothing glaringly sort of, you know, unhealthy or whatever, we're, we're behind you. 
So we really do value that, that dreams the Holy Spirit puts in people's hearts. Okay. Any questions? Oh, it's so close. <laughs> yeah, go on. We've got yeah. tea. For people who are struggling to find a gospel community they relate to, how do we encourage? I guess there's a few options. One is find a community of people that you know you can tuck in with for now. It may not be that the particular uh, vision is your passion, but you think, do you know what? I can serve. I can serve. It's kingdom. I can serve it. But I want to be around people that are living gospel lives. Um, and then in that, keep your, either keep your ear to the ground for when one starts to is your passion, or be before God and say, Lord, is it me? <laughs> Is it me? Should I do it? And look, look for the Lord to, to lead and encourage you in that. So, is that is that helpful? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Andrew. Okay. So, if you have people that don't know Jesus, where's the best first port of call for for them to find out about the church? I think it depends on the the person that you know. I mean, I suppose if you know someone, you know what would be most helpful. Sunday is a bit of a hot house, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know. Uh, but if someone's a really seeking, you know, you have got someone that just says God's doing something. They're really seeking, and you know, they, you just want to get them in somewhere. They're going to just be blasted by the. You know, the presence and power of God. That, that, that might be perfectly, you might think, actually no, but it would be great for them to just meet a couple of friends. It may be that it's neither of those things. It's just, you know, just as you're just doing life with other believers, you just try and draw them into that. I, I think you've just got absolute freedom to be discerning and sensitive to, to your friends' needs. Yeah. There's no real protocol, to be honest. Lauren. Yeah, church-wide evangelism. We would love to kick off like a, a church-wide alpha or something like that in the autumn. I, I'd love for that to be able to happen. With the obstacle course, I thought it was a great little structure, um, a great little, you know, I thought it had, it had legs. But uh, um, we struggle to gather momentum in terms of people inviting their friends. And so, you know, we would put it out, plug it, next one's launching then, and, and you know... Among us, we struggled to find people that had the appetite for that. I, th- I wonder sometimes if it's, I don't know, perhaps sometimes with something like, people, when, I've, when I've described the obstacle course people, they said it sounds like a pre-alpha to me. So if that's interesting, yeah, maybe it is. And actually some of those we've done, obstacle course, at the end you think, yeah, it'd be great for you to do alpha now. I wonder if, I wonder if we just need to make sure that we are, how can I put it, um, almost pre-obstacle course, just praying for people that don't know the Lord and, and, and giving time to, building friendships, which has to be intentional, and there's always a tension of other things vying for our time, but I think if we're not putting our time in, in that real early, just sowing and watering and loving and praying phase, we, we probably will struggle to gather people for the next, so I think we've always got to be mindful of that. Um, yeah. Long answer, sorry. Dave. Is... Is there a limit to the amount of GCs there can be? There's no number in our mind in terms of a, a cat, a cap, you know. Um, so no, there isn't. Uh, I suppose there, there may well come a point, you know, if you're a church of 150 and you stay that size, 
if you stayed that size and the number of GCs kept growing, there would come a point where every GC was more like a two and a three, wouldn't it? You know, and you think, this is going to be unusual. What's happening here? And I think we just have to just try and see what the Lord was doing with that. Um, but I think, I think if a GC is kind of pumping and growing and healthy and, and, and vibrant, then it probably won't multiply into lots of little small ones over time. It might sort of, in, spiritually speaking, give birth every now and then to something that, that then grows. But I think it would be a slightly weird dynamic if that just mass... Sounds more like division than multiplication, doesn't it? You know, we'd probably have to ask, what's happening here, if that was happening? But there's no set number at the moment in our mind. Is, is, there, is there scope to serve in another GC's mission if you yourself are in a different GC? What we would say is this. In principle, of course, serve Jesus. You know, let's not get silly about it. One observation we would have, and one of the reasons why we're going for GC's, is because in the past we found a lot of people have been spread very thin. And then we've had, to, had a lot of pastoral fallout of people committing, over-committing to a number of different things. So we thought, wouldn't it be great to have a setting where you can give yourself to a mission you're passionate about and build community? And really, that's a lot of the heart behind why we do what we do. Because we've, over the years, hit seasons where due to people being spread too thin. It, it, so I would say that um, I would say that if you're that passionate about that mission, then why don't you get involved in that GC? It's probably what I would say. But by all means, you know. But by all means, if you've got capacity, go for it. But you, you probably just need to be wise, you know, or maybe just tentatively test it out, you know, so that you don't overcommit. We just, in it all, you know, we want to sort of make sure that that the flock are being looked after, really, and not just sort of um, burning out unhealthily. So. Okay. All right, brilliant. So hopefully that's clear things up. Any questions that you think I want to ask it but might come across a bit wrong in a setting like this, be better one-on-one, just come and find me, one of the, one of the elders. We'd love to chat to you about it. Okay, over to Simon, by the looks of it. And now for a musical interlude. Um, right, a, a little bit of an update around the office. Um, and a little bit of history, first of all. Uh, so, uh, as you know, I've, I kind of, as part of my executive pastor role, um, look at um, the kind of the behind-the-scenes bit of Rev and helping to manage staff and things. Um, Rev, Rev has been growing. Not, I'm not linking these two factors, by the way. Rev's been growing. <laughs> I've been working with this. But Rev has been growing. And a separate fact... <laughs> um, Things have been increasing, and I, I hope you've been noticing what we're trying to do is look at, um, you know, where we can put structures around things so they can be uh, as, as well communicated and as streamlined as possible to, to facilitate church so that you can go in and on a Sunday and praise and worship and focus on God and think things happen. And there's many, many people involved, probably majority of people in this room, to make that happen. Um, and, and there's lots of coordination to make all that come together. Um, the culmination of these two factors, I'm trying to say, it gets increasingly busy. And for, for myself, uh, just to let you in a little window of what, where it got to last year, um, kind of towards Christmas, I'm employed by um, Rev at the moment to do two days, one of which is to study a, a, a day a week on a um, biblical counselling course and a day for the church. Probably the last two or three months I was doing four days for the church and then 
squashing an awful lot of other things in and around that. Um, and if you'd been in the office, it was, it was getting a little bit frenzied, probably probably partly for me. But it was, there's a lot there's a lot to do with with a with a growing, thriving church and and trying to you know help create create efficiencies where we can. Uh, so um, I probably took a little bit longer than I should have done in realising that um, things were getting quite busy and um, recognising that needed a bit of help um, and assistance and uh, eventually, probably later than I should have done, started talking to it, uh, to these guys about it and um, looking at what what is it that we might need for an interim period to help us bridge the gap, um, to help support me a little bit, to help take some slack off um, Sally and what she's doing and Rowan, you know, Bless her, she's here for an FP role and has become an integral part of Rev and indispensable. <laughs> please don't go, please don't go. Um, so this is a very long-winded way of saying we, we needed a bit of um, help. Um, so th- this kind of culminated at the end of last year. At the beginning, at the very end of last year, um, the elder sent out an email to a few people just saying, look, we, we really need to look at getting some part-time temporary help to take off the slack a little bit um, and um, we got a number of people come back saying yes because uh, we, we obviously haven't got we obviously we haven't got sufficient budget to enable this so we said here's the need would you help us meet it and um, and prayed <laughs> lots and um, we managed to get nearly all that we'd required to um, have some assistance um, and so this year looking at um, a temporary position, we're looking at a three-day role to help with the office, to help support me um, up until September, at which point we're looking at um, reviewing and restructuring a little bit behind the scenes, which we'll talk a bit more about at the next family meeting. Um, but there's, there was this kind of immediate need of, of some help. Um, now, those of you who had... Um, been at prayer meetings might have known that we were fairly regularly praying for um, some people for jobs and one person in particular sprung to mind <laughs> who if those astute of you may have noticed that prayer requests have been changing the last couple of weeks but um, <laughs> Dave White um, was uh, available um, very <laughs> very capable and willing to f- in a, in a very short amount of time, come and help us um, for this interim period and has kindly agreed to join us for three days a week between now and the end of August, at which point um, we will look at reviewing and restructuring all staffing. So it's a temporary role, part-time, but um, he started today and um, we are already very, very glad to him being here. Um, so... Thank you to those that have enabled this to happen. Please be praying for us as to get, you know, we need wisdom in working our way through all of this. Um, thank God for the provision of Dave. We, we are excited about him joining us. Um, and so he'll be here until the end of, end of August uh, in the office. So it's, it's quite exciting, actually. We were sitting there this morning, you know, f- with all of us there. There's kind of six people in there in part-time, voluntary, full-time people. It's, it's an exciting place to be in. It's really lovely. Um, uh, you know, we've got our own little community there in the office, which from the days of a cold, you know, painty, peeling office with one or two people sitting in has, has come a long way. And it's, um, it's, it's really nice. So thank you. Um, you don't get to see a lot of that, but the, there's a lot of fruit there and um, it's a real blessing to be part of so thank you well we're going to be wrapping up uh, so this is the last bit of prayer meeting 
and probably the most exciting. So just on the back of jobs, now recognising that actually lots of us, pretty much every one of us has a job and we work and some of us don't necessarily like our job, some of us feel really called to our job and some of us just see it as a way, just it pays the bills. Whatever it is, it is a mission field. However you feel about it, it is a place where God has actually placed you and for you to be a shining light to represent the gospel and for you to just, yeah, representing Christ, basically. And as time goes on, I think we want to acknowledge and we want to recognize that for some people, that actually where they work is their mission field and that's where they put lots of energy, lots of time and lots of just relational friendships and stuff like that into it, and which is fantastic and we... We acknowledge it, and we really want to encourage it as a church as well. You remember last um, prayer meeting, we, Richard got like three, uh, I think it was about four or five people up, just to share a couple of things about their jobs. And we're going to do a similar thing tonight. Um, I've asked five people to come up, and they're, what they're going to say is basically who they are, what they do as a job, and what they love most about their job. And then what we're going to do is, after they've all shared, we'll then go to different corners of the building, and we'll create little hubs. And if you feel like you're involved in that particular sector, or if you feel actually, you know, you've got r- real, like, oh, I caught something, I want to pray into that, then you're more than welcome to just get around them, pray for that sector, pray for that person, as a sense of we're sending you, please be blessed. And please know that as a family, as a church, we're behind what you're doing. We don't want to say, actually, what you do 9 to 5 disqualifies, and what you do on Sundays is more important. So, if I can have my list. James Slater. Drum roll. Come, mate. Oh, yeah. Anna Walsh. Drum roll. Yes. General. Fantastic. Tanika. And a little human being. Tanika Young, yes, of course. Dave Smith. Oh, yes. And do we have Daphne in the house? No? We don't. Okay. Anna, do you want to come on this side? Great. Well, fantastic. Okay, well, over to you, Tanika. I'm Tanika. Um, I work for a private landlord in uh, South Kensington. I've been doing that for seven years. Um, And my job basically involves managing all aspects of um, properties, building management, um, recently qualified as a chartered surveyor, which is very exciting. Um, So day-to-day, I deal with lots of different things, but budgets for buildings, service charges, um, liaising with different tenants. We've got commercial, retail, residential tenants that I have to look after and make sure they're happy. Um, And then sometimes doing small projects um, and overseeing sort of um, external redecorations, that sort of thing. Um, So, yeah, I just really love the variety in my job. Um, Yeah, next year is obviously going to be looking a bit different. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting 
yeah, for the last seven years I've been doing it. So um, I really feel called to, to work in, in this sector of property. So long term, I see myself still working in property. Um, but obviously things are going to change slightly over the next few years. Um, did you want me to say anything else? What was that? And that's it. Okay. Hi, um, I'm Jen. I don't actually have a job, but I'm a medical student, so I guess that puts me in that arena. Um, at the moment, I'm, uh, our placements change every month at the moment, and right now I'm based at the Whittington, doing obs and gynae, which basically means trying to deliver babies <laughs> on a daily basis, <laughs> and women and things like that. Um, <laughs> It's a variable. You don't want to know exactly what I do. Um, <laughs> um, but it changes all the time. Um, I guess I, what I love about what I do is it's different. I love learning, and I love what I'm learning. I just find it really interesting and fascinating. Um, and as a job, I think we get so much insight into people's lives and so many different lives. And people just tell us so much stuff about themselves, um, which is amazing. And it's such a privilege. And um, I just love that part of it. And I love um, getting to know people and trying to help them. Um, and, yeah, I just find it challenging academically as well. And, um, yeah, that's me. So, James, I don't know why that's funny. He laughed even before I said the thing. <laughs> um, I, I work as a management consultant. Uh, I specialize in finance. Uh, and I guess what that means on a day-to-day -day basis is going into, uh, well, for me, insurance companies and banks and helping them understand their finance or helping senior leadership understand their finance department make it more cost effective and efficient um, and I guess achieve as best they can what a finance function is set out to do um, I've been working for three years um, and I guess it's it's been yeah it's been quite an adventure I've seen quite a lot I've worked with loads of different people because we go from project to project and uh, yeah I guess I've seen lots of different parts of the world as well which has been exciting and challenging at the same time so uh, yeah that's me that's what I love about my job it's an, it's, an, it's been an adventure um, so there's been yeah there's been yeah lots of excitement uh, lots of success lots of fun um, it pays all right um, <laughs> the uh, oh, I mean, oh, yeah um, and uh, yeah I've got to see lots of different parts of the world so yeah it's good fun hello um, I'm aware that probably a lot of you might not know me that well. Um, I joined the church about four months ago, um, came from a New Frontiers church in Putney, uh, got married in June and moved up here to be closer to my husband's work. Um, but it's still cool because we're in London and um, I'm a professional dancer um, and I do mainly like commercial dance which is kind of like short contracts, TV, film, fashion shows, corporate stuff. Um, so I'll do, I'll go to lots of auditions, hopefully get a few, <laughs> and then the jobs are normally like, kind of like a week, sometimes they're just a night, um, meet lots of people, um, get to do lots of fun things, um, get to travel sometimes, which is good, I guess, um, but 
well, I love my job. Um, there's a few things that are a bit difficult about it, but I think the main thing is that I um, get to use something that God has um, given me as a gift to, um, yeah, to, to enjoy that. I get to do it for work, so I get to spend a lot of time on it. And, um, yeah, it's, I get to use it to entertain people and make people smile, so that's cool as well. Um, hi, I'm Dave. Uh, I'm a secondary school teacher. Um, uh, I head up a department in a teen, uh, all boys school in Oval. Um, I'm an RS teacher and I'm a form tutor, basically. Um, what I love about my job is being able to just have, be a luxury of being in a Church of England school, um, teaching religious studies and designing all the units to base most on Christianity. Um, so that's a real blessing. Um, the kids are really, really naughty, really challenging. Um, but I've been able to pray for kids on a regular basis. I do assemblies. I've taken a boy to New Day. Um, I do a lot of stuff where I get to pastorally support the young people, and that's probably the highlight for me. Thanks, guys. Okay, well... <clears throat> Tanika, if you stay here, all right, we'll gather Tanika around Tanika. Uh, Jen, if you want to just go into that little corner over there. James is making his way. Brilliant. Anna, if you can go on the other side, please. And Dave, take another corner. The other corner that James is not. So let's all rise to our feet and let's go and pray and stand with these guys in the different areas.